Hello and welcome to another edition of Turned Out a Punk. I'm your host, Damien Abraham. Once again, I'm bringing you a conversation with someone who grew up listening to punk, may or may not still be involved with punk, but had their life changed by the genre in a major way. And today on the show, one of my favorite discussions about music I think I've ever had with Chappelle Lacey, stand-up comedian, podcaster, and... And someone I've heard break down Black Flag in a way that I've never heard anyone break them down before. But we will get to that in a second. But first, if you want to get in touch with me, you can head over to the email address, turnedoutapunkpodcast at gmail.com. That is run by my brother and show producer and guest booker extraordinaire, Tristan Abraham, and he will get the message to me. Thank you, Tristan, for all the hard work you do for this show. You can also find me directly at left for Damien on Instagram and Twitter. If you want to support the show, the best way to support the show is just by telling all your friends about it, but you can also subscribe to it and rate it on your podcast platform of choice. Thank you to everyone that does do that. And you can also support it by heading over to patreon.com slash turned out of punk. And a huge, huge shout out and appreciation to all of you that do that and support the show that way. And speaking of support, this show would not be possible without the kind, loving support of the fine folks at Vans who came aboard a few years ago and said, Damien, do what you do, just don't do it in your own pocket anymore. And so they helped me cover the costs of this thing, and I very much appreciate them for doing that. Also, head over to floodmagazine.com and check out Punk as Fuck. Punk AF, uh, the series of videos that I shot with them a few years ago that has finally kind of seen the light of day. It's me going around Los Angeles with a bunch of really cool people, basically just talking about punk rock and talking about punk in the city and the history of it there. And yeah, so if you enjoy this show, I think you'll dig these videos. I, I, you know, as I said before, I take Don Bowles and Steve Albini to Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles. So if you're not curious about that, then I, I, I don't know what I can do for you over here. So check out those videos and enjoy them, and uh, hopefully more to come. I think there's more to come. We've, we shot a bunch of stuff, so I think there's going to be, you know, spoiler alert, I think there's more to come. All right, speaking of more to come, on today's show, we got a lot more, a lot more, like the actual show to come. Today on the show, Chappelle Lacey. Now, if you are not familiar with Chappelle Lacey, he's a hilarious stand-up comedian. He does a fantastic podcast himself called It's Managed. And, uh, yeah, just a very, very funny guy, very cool guy, can do backflips. <laughs> He's amazing. He's huge. He can do a fucking backflip. Uh, and, and someone that, you know, as soon as I kind of found out was in a punk rock, I had to have him on the show. And this is one of those things where you, you get someone on the show and you sit down with them. You never know how deep it's going to go. You just, you know, unless they were in a band and you can kind of research that stuff, but with like comedians that come on the show or, or actors or even wrestlers, like... And you've listened to these shows. <laughs> you've been surprised too, I'm sure, just like myself, when people kind of come back and it turns out they aren't that much of a fan and you're like, oh shit, got to make this thing last somehow. So I had no idea what to expect when I sat down with Chappelle as far as how deep he went on this stuff. And my God, he is a deep head. It, it is a fun conversation, went all over the place. And then we get off the phone and we start talking, just chatting and it turns out he left out a whole other chunk of stuff. So we get back into it and, you know, it's it's a it's a long one. This is a long, fun conversation with a very hilarious person who also, you know, as I said off the top, kind of, you know, gave me a new way to look at Black Flag that I had never thought about before. You know, and maybe you had, so maybe this is going to be any sort of new revelations yourself. But for me, it was. And this is my podcast. Do your own. You can have your own revelations on that thing. Also, a huge shout out to Robbie Adams, who hit Tristan to Chappelle Lacey, who then hit me. And so this is all tip of the hat to Robbie for, for you know, tipping us off of this thing. We need we need tips. Send us those tips. Send us those tips. 
All right. Well, uh, I don't think I have anything else to ramble on about. Uh, I don't think there's any notes to get you off the top this week. This is a fun one. So I can't wait for you to hear it. Sit back, relax, and enjoy Chappelle Lacey on Turned Out a Punk. Chappelle, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Well, as I was just telling you off here, I'm a big fan of yours, and I I just uh, love the fact that you always talk about punk rock, so I think we're going to have a, a pretty deep nerd-out session right now. All right. <laughs> I'm all for it. <laughs> well, i got to start this off the way they all start off, which is, Chappelle, how did you get into punk? Do you remember the first time you ever came across the genre? Yeah, I was um, 13 or 14. It was junior high, and I was in a, my junior high offered guitar classes and I really I just really love music and uh just such a fascination for it and um one of the guys in my class was like hey man do you do you want to be in a, a band and I was like sure I you know I've, I've always wanted to do something like that you know uh musically he's like it's a ska band and at the time I'd never really heard of ska and I was like oh okay yeah whatever that's let's fucking jam so he started showing me like uh real big fish Lesson Jake, um, Mighty Mighty Boston's like, you know, the, the fucking uh, list goes on. And, um, you know, I would see his, uh, he had a younger uh, brother, his younger brother. I'd see him walking around with this uh, black flag t-shirt. And it was the bar's logo that really caught my attention. You know, it was the bar's logo that caught my attention at first and then the name black flag. And I was like, dude, there was just something about it. It just seemed so like, uh, uh, I don't know. I just, I just knew there was something there that I would connect with. And I had to know what the backstory was. And I remember, um, you know, when I asked him, he was like, oh, you never heard of Black Flag? And I said, no, dude. And so he took me to his computer. Um, and at the time, the program was Kazaa. You could log on to Kazaa or whatever. And you'd be able to like download uh, videos from, uh, uh, it's like pre-Napster, pre-LimeWire, all that stuff. And um, <clears throat> he showed me this video and it was a video when, it was when Rollins was first in the band and he was just skinny, you know, skinhead, you know, he only had the bars logo tattoo on him. And, you know, you just see these five members just it was just so gritty and so raw and they they did uh rise above and uh thirsty and miserable and i just i was just like oh that yeah i was like this is this is yeah this is my world this is what i want to get into and uh, pretty much from there on out like i was like i need to know who else is like this what else is out there and i just went on a, a discovery of uh punk rock man from there so what do you think before hearing black flag and what'd you make of like you know the real big fish money money boston stuff that you're kind of hearing prior to that was that catching your ear but or was it like yeah black flag specifically you, those bands had caught my ear because you know like i said i'm just a fan of music and um you know there was um you know those those songs were catchy they're fun and and uh you know they all seemed very authentic to me, which I was all about. So it was like, yeah, I, I like those bands, but there was something about Black Flag that just fit my world a lot more. 
And that was just basically because I grew up in a chaotic home, you know. So, like, Black Flag was, like, that thing that pretty much, you know, matched where I came from. So, it was, it was you know, like the, you know, the abusive childhood, the fucking, you know, not having a lot of friends. You know, there was just, there was just these things that just made, like, Black Flag just really spoke to me. And there's something about that band, like you talked about the 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 appeal of the bars right off the bat and the name mm-hmm. and just, you know, there, it's just, you, you know, Gin had it kind of figured out, like what the band needed to kind of be successful, in addition to having like raging music, but just like these kind of like signifiers that you can kind of pick up from a distance that kind of just catch your attention, like those bars are still you know, one of the most intriguing symbols of all time. One of the most intriguing and, and, you know, iconic symbols, you know, in the punk rock world. I mean, you, you, it, it is so, it's so simple. Mm-hmm. It's very simple. It wasn't like overdone. It wasn't like, we're going to say this, we're going to do this. It was just very just black flag, black flag. And then these, these four bars, which looks like a, which Raymond, Pedabond explained it as like just flags uh, waving, mm-hmm. so it's like, oh, dude, that's it's 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 just right to the point, and then you hear the and then the, the music just matched it, you know, and yeah. that's and I think that's where I fell in love because the music matched what I was thinking when I saw that, yeah, when I saw the yeah. the, the the name and and the bars, you know, it's kind of like it, it would a rose still smells sweet by any other name type thing situation yeah. with that you know like the name's perfect the logo's perfect and then especially that era of the band right like it's just oh, that's like the perfect era that era to me you know each each singer you know down the line you know like i love i think uh keith morris's version of uh Nervous breakdown can't be touched. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think uh, Ron Ray is doing uh, revenge or no values can't be touched. You know, Des Kadena's clocked in. You know, it's like it's fucking right there. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then you got Rollins with when he Rollins uh, depression and police story. You know, it's just. Fucking a, dude! It's like a yeah. fucking yeah. each 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 like like whenever someone tries to go, who's your favorite stinker? You know, obviously Rollins, you know, uh, is probably my favorite. But each one of those singers were very, you know, had something very special, you know, to that band. Something very very special. It was just, it, I mean, they had that they had their own identity, and it was like weird because it's like, yeah, you hear Keith singing black flag you go yeah that's black flag you hear dead and you hear desk singing it and it's black flag you hear ron singing it rollins you hear these guys all sing it and yeah you still think yeah it's a, it, it doesn't feel like it's not black flag because there's been four different singers you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah it's it's also like i i don't know I'm, i think i'm a couple years or a few years older than you and i if when i kind of was coming into this music it was super cool to not like the Rollins era of Black Flag, like just to, oh, yeah. you know, we're <laughs> aggressive. <laughs> yeah, well, or, I think it was, I don't know what it was. I think it was kind of coming out of 
Rollins being the superstar of the early 90s that going into the late 90s, it was like people were just kind of fed up, weirdly. Yeah. And so I, I kind of was like for years, like, oh, no, it's it's Ron's the best singer or Des is the best singer or Keith is the mm-hmm. best singer, but never Rollins. But then when you go back and watch, and I think the video you're talking about, I think it's that Target video. Yep, Target. It's it's just yep. so, it's like, oh, well, this is a perfect band during this era. So I think like no matter, you know, how much I love these other periods, this is yeah. the that was, flag. I was, I, this is how I explain it to people. I go, that's a dangerous lineup right there. Yeah, that lineup is fucking explosive. You know, when you got, you know, Gin on the lead and Dez on the rhythm, you know, Chuck Dukowski fucking, you know, that him playing bass and then Robo on the drums. That lineup, you know, with Rollins on the vocals, that lineup was dangerous, man. It was it was a powerful lineup and it, it, it you know, it gave it it gave Black Flag this like new, new and different life to it, man. To where it was just like, oh, this is this is how you sing Police Story. This is how you <laughs> sing Thirsty and Miserable. You know, it just like ah, you just feel it. I just felt it, man. Yeah, no, and I think I think also Rollins is the only singer that would have been able to go to that My War period, right? Like you can't picture oh. Keith doing Side Two of My War. No, dude, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, oh gosh, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, like there's certain things about each singer where they, it's like, yeah, I love that version of Nervous Breakdown from Keith. Mm-hmm. 100%. That's, that's his, that's fucking his. You can't take that from, you know, like, but like it's, but like, yeah, you go to the, you go to my war, you're like, yeah, Rollins, that's yours. <laughs> <laughs> You know, he took it to he took it to a, a a fucking deep dark world, and 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 the energy behind it that he delivered with it, it just it was like fuck yeah. You know, he goes all right, we're gonna take it to this world. Here's how I'm gonna deliver it, and then it just fucking boom. Going back to before you kind of got into the punk rock stuff, like uh, what were some of the other artists that grabbed you when you were younger? Like, what were some of the first groups that you got into? Oh man, some of the early groups. Um, you know, so my mom was just a, a fan of music as well. So she listened to a lot of R&B, you know, and my mm-hmm. stepfather, he wasn't really big into the West Coast hip hop. So the earliest years I remember of music is like, you know, I think of like Snoop Dogg's, you know, doggy style. Um, and, you know, my mom, she really loved, you know, Bobby Brown, you know, uh, Keith Sweat, Brian McKnight. She liked this these eras, and also, you know, taking it back a little further to Earth, Wind, and Fire, you know, and 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 just breaking it, you know, just the early, those earlier years of uh, R and B as well, and uh, even even as far as back as like Frankie Lyman and the teenagers, you know, the early ages of like doo wop. So you know, those are my earliest memories of music. But then you know it just took a simple switch of the radio station. And I remember I heard the song Mississippi Queen by Mountain, you know, and that just like, I was like, whoa, this is different, you know? And and I just, I was just like, fuck yeah, let's let's find out more about this this world of, you know, that, that I'm taking a dive into, you know? So I started hearing like The Doors and Led Zeppelin, it was fucking dope. 
And, you know, being in the early 90s, you know, obviously the grunge was the big thing. So I, you know, started listening to like the grunge, um, Nirvana, you know, Pearl Jam, Mud Honey, uh, you know, just the fucking Melvins. You know, you, you, you discover this world. And it's like, fuck yeah. Fuck yes. It's, it's just, it was just dope to me. And then I'd say middle school, um, earlier years, like late, uh, like finishing elementary school and going into junior high is when I got to like the new metal. Uh, I really liked um, Corn. I really liked Slipknot, uh, Pantera, which Pantera is like my favorite metal band. Um, just, I mean, just Deftones, just really got into that world because, you know, as I was getting older and, you know, like I said, I grew up in, a, in an abusive home. Um, the The new metal was like that sound that was like, Oh, this is oh, it just gets gets me in the feels because that's what I was going through. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. like the punk rock was strictly like, you know, here's what you're going through, but here's what you're gonna do about it. Like the punk rock was like, you just stand up. You know, you hear the you hear what do you I mean? I know exactly what I think when I hear the song Rise Above. I know exactly where 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 I go back to when I hear that song. So, so yeah, those were the the earliest memories I had of like really getting into to music. You know, those were the things I was bump like bumping before um, uh, punk and a lot of like so yeah, a lot of West Coast hip hop, a lot of R and B, and then moving into like some of the classic, you know, uh, '60s '70s rock, and then jumping into the fast forwarding all the way to you know the grunge i like skipped the 80s i never got into like the you know the hair metal or anything like that <laughs> well, you're not really missing too much with that right oh <laughs> uh, yeah i just never got into it it was just like oh it's, i mean granted oddly enough I, and I, they probably get a lot of flack or whatever but they're some of the talented most talented musicians like they can fucking play they can fucking play like you know when you think of those i mean i'd say as far like the further and I didn't even touch it that deeply, but the the first I, I would touch probably Van Halen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, that's probably like as far as like I would, you know, touch um of that era. But like I just pretty pretty much skipped all like the nineties um alternative and grunge. So yeah, I skipped the eighties. <laughs> even that glam stuff though, it's weird how it does tie back to punk rock, like members of Molly Crew or members members of Guns N' Roses, like you know, and ultimately they're just doing the New York Dolls, but you know, with shitty oh, yeah. production. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Look back at the New York Dolls. Yeah, come on now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> come on now. I mean, you're you're so fucking right. You know, they were just doing something different. Yeah, you think of like yeah, MC Five and Iggy Pop. You know, it was just yeah, it was like, oh man. That's so great. Yeah. What a solid observation. <laughs> well, well, Billy, well, Billy Bragg was on the show and he talked about how, like, you know, at a certain point in the 80s, you had uh, the all like punk kind of broke into like the stuff that would become the new romantic stuff. And then yeah. the other side of it broke into like, you know, oi or metal or or like thrash. Yeah. Thrash stuff. Yeah, exactly. Like the, the more kind of like 
the more yeah. you know stripped down stuff so it was like kind of the same things happening in america like where you look on the west coast you have like all this glam stuff kind of coming out of the punk rock scene at the same time as you have you know some stuff becoming a lot more harder during that period yeah i think everything like that's a dope thing about music is that it evolves and it all stems from something Mm-hmm. something that you like you may not even know like when when i think of a band like rage against the machine and their influences you go oh shit yeah that, i mean I, I like tom morello said something he goes he goes you know whatever you're inspired by you know take a real deep dive into why you're inspired by it what makes you inspired by it and then you go and then then you take all that and create your own, you know what I mean? So you're just taking these inspirations, like, you know, Rage Against the Machine, we'll take Kiss. They, they like Kiss, right? But if you listen to Rage Against the Machine, you're not thinking Kiss, you're thinking Rage Against the Machines. Cause, but, but at the same time, if you really take a deep dive into it, you know, they, they've probably taken things from Kiss that made it, you know, in, in, into the, that helped them make it into uh, what is now Rage Against the Machine. Mm-hmm. You know, I, uh, I, I love uh, Queens of the Stone Age. Uh, and, you know, I, I remember Josh Homme talking about how he really loves um, GBH. And then I go and listen to, um, uh, you know, some, some more after watching that interview, I go and listen to, you know, some more Queens of the Stone Age records. And I'm like, oh, he totally loves GBH. You know, it's it's not it's not fast like GBH, you know, it's but but it's slowed down, but kind of like similar tone, the guitar tones. I'm like, oh, that's fucking dope. You but you would never think that, you know. He 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 uh, Josh Homme was influenced by like those those uh, British bands, guitars, you know, in, in the early records of Queens of the Stone Age, you know, you can hear it in that, in, in that tone. I'm like, oh shit. You know, he's, he talks about discharge, you know, and then goes into GBH and it's like, fuck yeah, they're perukers, you know, like that. I'm like, oh shit, you really fucking hear it. You really do hear it, man. It's, that's, that's what's dope about, that's what, that's the thing I love about music. It, it's, you can, you can take literally from anywhere and create your own. Yeah, well, it's funny. Also, like, you know, going back to that grunge stuff you're listening to around that time, it's also coming out of the same sort of influences, right? Like Mudhoney and the Melvins. Oh, yeah. and all those bands are are ultimately, you know, taking the influences of bands like, you know, in, in GBH definitely in some cases, but certainly, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, the punk rock stuff from The Damned and all these bands and, you yeah, know, bring it into what they're doing. Uh-huh. Even in, I mean, if you listen to some of those grunge guys, I mean, even you can hear it in, you know some of those mud honey records mm-hmm. um you know they it, a lot of blues you oh, can hear it you know what i mean but it's just the thing about them playing these blues like licks is that distortion you know that 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 tone that crunch you know that's the thing about grunge it has this like crunch to it that you just you know feel and and, and to and to play blues licks with it it's like oh fuck like you just, it's just showing appreciation for it. It's like, damn, like I like blues. I don't want to be blues, but I'm digging this movement right here. Well, I could still, you know, somewhat be blues or whatever and, and fucking, you know, make it happen. That's what's, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. It, it, I just love 
Look at I'm getting all nervous. This is the most in depth I've gotten with like someone <laughs> on a podcast about like you know as far as like music and how people find their influence. So it's it's pretty cool to talk talk about. Well, that's what I love when I kind of saw your stuff. You know, my brother sent me your stuff because it was just like, oh shit! Like here's here's this punk rock influence showing up you know, in another place, you know, like, that's what mm-hmm. I love about it is like, it, it is something that shows up in comedy or it shows up in pro wrestling or it shows up, yeah. you know, because the influence of on people goes so many different places, man, it, it, it goes, it goes so many places. Like, I mean, I, my top favorite band is Oasis and it, it catches so many people off guard, but I'm like, you got to listen to it, you know, cause people think, Champagne Supernova Wonderwall. But I'm like, listen to those records. You know, I mean, you you hear some of the sex pistols in it, man. And and there's something about the attitude and the delivery behind it that catches it. Now I'm not trying to convince anyone to just be an Oasis fan, but I could, but if you're gonna talk to me about it and why I love them, you know, and so so fascinated, is because, you know. They have kind of taken this like Beatle-like sound and then pulled the Sex Pistols with it, and I was like, "Fuck, that's that's actually kind of that's a cool match," you know, when you think about it. Mm-hmm. And um, and to become one of you know the biggest um, you know bands for Britain, and, and, and I don't know, it's just it's just fucking dope. It's 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 fucking dope. It, it's it's like. I don't know, man. It's just, I, can't, I don't even have the, like the full words because I'm just like, there's so much going on my brain with it uh, at the moment. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, when you think about it, man, you like telling you, like, give you, I always try to give a band a chance. I always try to give a band a chance because, like, it's like, okay, I, I it's like, I don't want to just write you out easily. I never want to write a band out just that easy because. Once you f- discover behind it, like I got into Oasis late. I didn't get into Oasis until um, I think I was 23. So 10 years ago um, is when I got into Oasis. Mm-hmm. And I started taking a deep dive on this band. And I was like, oh, wow, these guys fucking really got something. You know what I mean? And, and, become, and for them to become one of my top favorite bands of all time, you know, it's it's like you got to give a band a fucking chance yeah yeah i i've i've like you know i'm not the biggest oasis fan i do think acquiesce is probably one of the best songs ever oh hell yeah there you go i respect (laughs) that i respect that (laughs) but at at the same time i do think they're fascinating i've kind of come this kind of thought recently that they are the british nirvana you know, in the sense that I, they're think, like, I think that's a fair thing to say, you know, like, yeah, because they're like the result of the precursors that are coming up in the same way. Nirvana is kind of the result of this sort of underground precursors in America. It's like obviously very different. But yeah, I, I'm glad you get what I'm saying, because I, it could have been met with complete disdain. No, well, and plus their timing was great because, you know, obviously everybody knows that when Kurt died, the energy had changed mm-hmm. you know it, it was it was a big impact on on all those guys because they saw someone that they knew and and was one of the biggest you know 
rock bands in the world at the time uh, go through this crazy, um, you know, it, it, it fall, you know, fall very hard. And it's like, damn, you know, and then it, it, I think it probably made a lot of people question like, shit, is this what we want? You know, is that the fame? Is it like, is that, it, it probably scared a lot of them because they were all so young. Mm-hmm. You know, they're all, they were all in their twenties. Think about like when you were in your twenties. Yeah. That's, that's gotta be terrifying to watch, uh, you know, some, you know, that happened to somebody to happen to guys that you you've come up with, you know? So yeah, the energy definitely, I think, I think definitely had changed, but then, you know, Oasis, they did uh, their album. Their first album came out in 94. So it was like this weird timing. You know, and I think people, well, they, I mean, honestly, they didn't get really get big in the States. Um, they were, but they were massive everywhere else. But I think their timing was like perfect, you know, because, hey, people overseas in Europe and, you know, the, in Canada and all that stuff, they love Nirvana. You know, that was, that Nirvana was the biggest thing to them. So I think their timing uh, was perfect. Uh, for them it's not like it's saying like the only reason why they got big is because of their timing that's it. i don't i don't think that's like a fair thing to say i think you know uh talent has a lot to do with that as well you know what i mean because they could have come at any time and you know whatever but you know obviously the fans were looking for something and i think oasis was able to give that um to people you know which really really helped their uh success yeah, no, and they and they were almost like, in a lot of ways, the anti-Nirvana in their presentation. You know, like everything yeah. about it was just so, you know, they're happy to be in that position. Whereas, like you're saying, Nirvana, like I imagine Kurt Cobain had that little Ian McKay on his shoulder guilt. Oh yeah, oh yeah, man. And, you know that that's what's cool about him. You know, he hmm. he goes from liking Ian, Ian McKay to also loving the Beatles. Mm-hmm. And you mesh these things together and you, you're able to create something that you don't even realize that you're actually doing. You're like, oh, I just like all these bands. And then all of a sudden you create something that, and then that's not an easy thing to do. Not everybody can do that. You know, not everybody can do that. People, some people just sound like the band they really, really like. <laughs> you know? There's that Wiper song that uh, I think it's Dimension D- uh, Yeah, D7. Doesn't that sound like to me? That's like I'm like, oh, that is when I heard that. I'm like, oh, that's the first time I ever heard something where I'm like, oh, that sounds like Nirvana. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you listen to like, yeah, go, going back to the Wipers, you you hear, oh man, there's this one song. Uh, oh, the, the Wipers has a song called Messenger, and you hear the guitar tone to Messenger, and then listen to the guitar tone to Nirvana's about a girl. And it's like, oh shit. <laughs> you feel it. It's like, it's, but it's so fucking cool. And 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 I, what I love about Kurt is he did pay a lot of respects to to those bands. He even he even loved the tweet pop world with yeah. like the Vaselines. You know, like, yeah. like that's a that's a whole that's a whole world that most people don't even know about, the tweet pop world, you know. No, and I'm sure the I'm sure the members of the Vaselines were able to put down, you know, down payment on a house, even yeah. <laughs> prices being like they are in, in over in the UK, because like they had that kind of, you know, they they were they were making hits out of those songs. Yeah, and, and that's beautiful that you take this fucking massive grunge band, biggest band in the world, that's like 
the, I mean, we, I, the, I don't know if you've seen the Paramount Theater, Nirvana Paramount Theater. The um, video? Yeah, the DVD or whatever. Is it live, live tonight and sold out? Was that the one? Uh, yeah, I think it's, yeah, for Paramount Theater. It was, so that, that actually was when they, it was, I think that was like their first big show back after Nevermind had dropped. Okay. And so it was, and it was, you know, back home in Seattle. And they opened their concert with the Vaseline's cover. <laughs> yeah. Who, who could fucking do that? Yeah. No, it's. Or who, or who, who is like, who is, yeah. I mean, that, that just tells you how fascinated Kurt Cobain was with music right there. Yeah. It, uh, I remember seeing the Melvins one time cover, they do Youth in America um, uh-huh. live. And, uh, and I was talking to Buzz after the show, and he's like, yeah, he's like, I took Kurt to see the Wipers, and he was just like, you know, awestruck by this band, like taking it all in. Like the guy was definitely like a, a music nerd. Yeah, you know, of of the highest level. You you could just tell, man. You could tell in the way. I mean, okay, you look at Bleach, and it's got this very muddy, muddy sound to it. Mm-hmm. Mud, like I call it like the muddy grunge. And then you listen to Nevermind. It's a little bit more of a you know, poppier grunge, right? Then you take it to in utero and you got this like gritty, raw grunge, static grunge, if you will. You know, like, and and the fact that like Kurt was able to do those different sounds on each record, I mean, you gotta give you gotta give that person the credit, and it's and and, and I think he, he, he had talked about like how they did get flack on in utero because it wasn't like never mind, but it's like that's not what a band is supposed to do. The band's not supposed to give you never mind again. Never mind already exists. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like obviously damage sounds different than my war. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, definitely like. They- <laughs> Yeah, like you're not expected to. Well, you're you're commodity a commodity at a certain point, right? Whereas like Black Flag, because where they existed, never had to become commodified in the same way. Yeah, I mean, take uh, Iggy Pop. Lust for Life sounds completely different than Raw Power. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's fucking, you know, those are two totally different songs. You know, yeah. but it, I mean, but it's but it's Iggy Pop. Yeah. You know it's Iggy Pop, and you're always going to get that feel, you know? So going back to yourself, what was the first concert you ever went to? Oh, it was a Scott concert. It was uh, Mad Caddies. Mad Caddies at the Nile Theater back home in Mesa, Arizona. That was the first one. And then, but the, that was a smaller one, but the, the biggest one I had been to was, um, the next one was Anti-Flag. Okay. Yeah, I remember, yeah, that was it was anti-flag. That was a, <laughs> I remember that concert, man, because it was like, you know, I guess that was like because they're super political, mm. you know. And this was around the time when did I go to that concert? Ugh. I want to say that concert was yeah, it was post nine eleven, and, and I remember uh, the guy. I think the singer's name is Justin Sane. Yes, I'm gonna listen. Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember he went off for like, in the middle of the set, he went off for like 15 minutes about Bush and the government and all, all this, you know, the, all the political, political madness. 
And I was so young that like, you know, I didn't know what the fuck was going on, but I was just like, yeah, you know, you know, it got everyone riled up. And I could, I could probably guarantee that most people in that audience <laughs> didn't know what the fuck is going on, but you felt it because, you know, he made you feel that, but you know, that, that concert was the biggest one. And, it, and that was like the first, like, you know, the, like that mosh pit feeling. That's where I discovered like the mosh pit. Cause obviously a ska concert pit is completely different than like a, you know, hardcore pit or whatever. Yeah. yeah. You know? <laughs> Very different vibe. Very different vibe. Very different vibe. So that, that uh, anti-flag concert was when I was really, I was just so into it. I was like, yeah, this is, it, it was just, I just locked into the world, man. I just fucking was like, yep, this, this is, this is fucking where it's at. You know, I just felt it. The more and more I would go to like, you know, any type of hardcore show, um, I was just all about it. Even the street punk, like the casualties, uh, the, you know, virus, uh, fucking global threat. Even those, even those bands, I was just like, yep, this is, this is where it's at, man. I just felt it. This is where it's where it was at for me. For me. So you grew up in Mesa, right? Yeah, Mesa, Arizona. Were were all these bands coming through there, or did you have to travel to see these bands? No, play? Uh, you know the, the cool thing about Arizona is that a lot of bands do come through. We like the thing is is like Arizona is kind of weird because there's not much to do, so entertainment is pretty big. Mm-hmm. You know, there's um, so when when artists come through. Yeah, most likely they're going to do really good out there because people love uh, going to uh, going to live shows. So the few times I played there, I think I played there like three times in Phoenix. Mm -hmm. I found like people go like you're saying people cut loose because you can't really do too much during the day um, because it's so hot, especially so hot, man. Oh, gosh. Oh, you play there in the summers? Yeah, we played there three times in the summer, but uh-huh. <laughs> I'm I'm obsessed with the Phoenix scene, like all that placebo record stuff and the feeders mm-hmm. and all the stories about Mighty Sphincter. Like I think yeah, yeah, I'm I'm like super fascinated by the way punk developed out of that city. It was I mean, I, like when I was growing up, man, like I remember it was just a really great scene. Yeah, I mean, like I haven't been to a show in Arizona and you know. I mean, the last one I went to was was right before I moved to LA. So it was like 2017. I saw the casualties uh, in GBH, mm-hmm. which was fucking phenomenal. You know, that was oh, GBH was one sure. of the best bands ever, and, and Dude, cool too. GB, GBH GBH is the band I've seen the most. Oh, that's I've awesome. seen I've seen GBH so many fucking times. Anytime GBH comes around i'm at that fucking concert <laughs> i'm there i don't and i don't give a fuck i'm there and i have i have like from when i was 14 and, and like and how old was i when i think it was uh it had to be third i was 30 yeah when i saw them in 2017 so yeah from 14 to 30 like i just have i've always had an absolute blast at gbh shows I so, love that band. I love that fucking band. <laughs> so what were some of the local bands at the time that, you know, you saw back then or like that were happening around you? I'm like, were there Mesa bands versus Phoenix bands? Um, yeah, there was a, you know, um, it was so weird. Like, there, yeah, there was a lot of these, 
the, we had a pretty good like uh, like the crust scene, like Oz Rotten type stuff. We had a pretty good uh, crust scene um, out there, and like obviously, like I remember when the Casualties Die Hard's album came out, like that was like a big thing. Everybody wanted to be like the Casualties, um, and then everyone kind of eventually formed into crust, and then after crust, everyone became hipster. <laughs> <laughs> everyone everyone just got into like fleet foxes and <laughs> which is fine do what you do um i guess they were exhausted you know <laughs> making leather pants <laughs> and with patches on it all the time so <laughs> well, like, like oh, restrictive you know, fashion yeah <laughs> like actually you know what the fleet foxes they dress really cool i'll get into them <laughs> So what were like, yeah, what were some of the local bands that were, uh, were happening that you saw back then or you were a fan of even bands you weren't necessarily a fan of? Damn, let me see. Ah, shit. There was a ska band called the Wiggums. That was really cool. There was a ska band called Halfo. That was good. (laughs) Um, man, there was a, like a pop punk band called Four Banger. Um, then you got to the, uh, more hardcore. There's this band called the Almost. And there's a band called uh, there's uh, Resort to the Store. There's a band called Conniption Fits, uh, Stagnation. Uh, a band called Warfare. Um, shit, who else? Fuck, you're making me think real hard right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> but it was like, was it um, was it like a fairly united? It's not a united scene, like sort of in any sort of great sense but like was it like you these ska bands would be playing with these hardcore bands or was it very much factioned off you know again you like you would go to us uh like the band the wiggins would be playing and then you'd see this pop punk band you know or you would get the wiggins that night and then you get like this um street punk street punk band like it was kind of yeah it was pretty much like that as far as like the local scene went you know and I don't know if that was because it was like hard for like, um, you know, for the stage time. So everybody just took what they took. But yeah, you you go to a show, you see a pop punk band and then you see a band. Uh, oh, there's what the fuck? There's a band called Coughing Up Blood. And, uh, oh, there's another band called Ready, Set, Die. That was pretty good, too. But like, yeah, you, you see these like you see thrash punk on the same night that you would see crust punk you know like it, it was just you know it, it 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 was yeah it was a lot of meshing did you ever try doing a band back then i did but it didn't get too far man like we didn't even get past nothing more than a couple of practices to be is this honest that, sorry is this that first ska band you mentioned yeah and then oh yeah then i uh joined a street punk band like a more casualty style band okay um called what the fuck was it called decrepit youth <laughs> uh, and then eventually I was kicked out uh, of that band just because they were like, you have such a different style and taste. I was more like, I was like about like DRI, you know? Yeah. I was like, I want something like that, you know? Cause I didn't dress that way. I didn't fucking wear, <laughs> the fucking, <laughs> you know, the bondage pants and the boots. I never had any fucking boots, you know, I just fucking. It's a lot of uniform. Know. It's a, a lot, lot of uniform, a lot of uniform man. I was like, dude, these vans are chill. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, so yeah, I never did that, man. Yeah, it, it definitely, you know, it's it's funny because hardcore just always, you know, when I was 
you know picking my stream it's like this is the most utilitarian out of all these scenes like the the way you dress the approach to politics everything everything think about those crust punks man think about (laughs) think about the band oz rotten you know you think about it it's they fucking they about like i think about those songs when i used to oz rotten has a song poison corporations uh fuck nazi sympathy (laughs) you know like you think about that stuff and you're like damn you know these motherfuckers are really with it (laughs) yeah yeah like that's the thing about the lyrics too when you're when you're a kid like you're not going to hear that any other place but punk rock like a band being like now it's different obviously but like at that point being like fuck corporations or fuck nazis like to be that overt with it like where else but punk rock yeah dude i I mean and i tell you what like you you look at a band like black flag and then you look at a group like nwa Mm -hmm. or public enemy man the the fucking feeling behind it it, it you see it in all of them. You get you, you like you could see where Black Flag and NWA could mesh. You know what I mean? You can see where Public Enemy, like you you, you know what I'm saying? Like you can yeah, see where yeah. they mesh because it's like they have this thing that they're they're speaking on these things that are fucked up, right? And they're doing it in such an aggressive way because that's the the reality of it. You know what I mean? And totally. th- th- that's not like. If you could appreciate Black Flag, you could appreciate NWA. You could appreciate Public Enemy. You could appreciate all that stuff, man. You could. Well, it's and it's honest, yeah. Like they're they're talking honest. about stuff they're so experiencing. Honest. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, you know, it's just it's just fucking dope, man. It's like, oh, you can do, you could get the feel of Black Flag through NWA as well. You go, oh fuck yeah. If you really pay attention to it, you really listen to, uh, to the music. Like you, can, you can catch it. Has there been any band that you've seen kind of in the modern period, like you know, or more like your period, contemporary period, that <laughs> yeah, yeah. you felt kind of approached that kind of level of intensity or that kind of level of you know black flag greatness? And as far as like a newer, a newer band, uh, man. You know, I you know I I can't like I can't think of right off the top, but mm-hmm. I mean, you know I, I I if I mean if it was there like I would have had it for you right then and there, but yeah, um, yeah. no man, it's like to, that level of intensity, mm. and and to be that uh, dominant and that um, really like everybody everybody fucking with that feeling, I don't know. Man. You know they're probably out there, and you know, so don't get mad for me not naming. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. No, 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 no yeah. not you. But like, <laughs> people generally like, well, you have to listen to such a thing. <laughs> it's like, all right, fucking chill. Because <laughs> I, I, I kind of like, you know, I'm like now I'm really into this idea of you know, not being in time with your punk necessarily, you know, and like the mm-hmm. the punk rock you like, you know, I had this guy on Auto Buoy uh mm-hmm. recently who did a fanzine called sold out and his whole thing was that he was like kind of five years after the hardcore that he wanted like mm-hmm. he was around and everything at that point was going you know it, it was going more metal it was going more groovy mm-hmm. it was just changing like it wasn't stripped down like the fix were or wasn't stripped down like the necros were anymore mm-hmm. and so his whole thing was that he never 
heard the punk that he wanted the entire time he was in it. And I kind of think that's like a real interesting thing. Cause it comes, it's so cyclical and, you know, like not that there has been another band like black flag, but it just like, you know, like it's just never, it, it's like, there's just not a band that's approaching that energy in the last sort of 10, 15 years. Yeah. And I, I mean, but you also got to think, man, that's not easy to pull off. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't look like it's easy to be in Black Flag. Yeah. You know, those guys, I mean, they talk about it all the time. And you mean, you read, get in a van. I mean, they're ta- he, was, he was talking about how often they were practicing. They were practicing on Christmas. They were practicing on the, on the holidays, you know, like they didn't yeah. give a fuck. They just did it. They just played and played and toured and toured, you know, and that's that's the thing. You can't get that, you know just being a band like it like you can't get that black flag feeling if you if you go oh we're like the stylings of black flag are you <laughs> you know the, the, <laughs> are you yeah because i tell you what man black flag the reason why they were able to deliver what they delivered is because what they put behind it like you know the work they put in it it, it really doesn't look like it's fun when you start examining it to be a legendary artist. Oh, like yeah. the, what you have to put in, like it doesn't look like it was always fun to be Oasis in the same way. It doesn't always look no. like it was fun to be Black Flag. Yeah. Like, I mean, you see some of those parts in Get in the Van where he's talking about like they go to a show and all of a sudden like some random thing is going to fucking happen. Some crazy, crazy fucking thing. They're going to get spit on. A, a, they're going to get kicked by a boot. Or like you know some crazy shit. Uh, uh, they watch a girl get knocked out. You know what? Whatever. But like, yeah. you know, and I mean, and they get through it. They get through it. Not everybody's cut out for that. It's not easy. It does not look easy. That's when we see off playing Coachella. You're like, well, Keith, you kind of earned it. You know, because like, yeah, he could. Earn, yeah, Keith, you earned it. Or flag, he, I think flag play Coachella. It. Yeah, they're all like, yeah, you per- you guys put in their work. You can fucking yeah, you can play Coachella. You just des- <laughs> you deserve to play Coachella. <laughs> I mean, unless they want to still play for those fucking kind of crowds. Yeah, you know, if they want to get a boot to the head at sixty, let them do it. But if not, you know, <laughs> uh, we went on tour with Off one time, and like to see Keith like going through I- what he went through. It uh-huh. was like night in and night out. It's like, holy God, this dude is a, this guy's a lifer. That guy is a machine. Yeah. I've, I've, I've been blessed to see him with a uh, fucking uh, circle jerks in off. Th- that guy is a fucking machine. Like it's insane. Yeah. Yeah. It's... Insane, dude. <laughs> He's and... like nearly died like three times too from, from diabetes. Yeah. And the fact that he's able to go out there on stage and just kick ass it's like yeah this guy this is his this is his blood yeah that's his blood right there yeah it's it's fucking second nature yeah you know yeah are you are you doing a band now though right uh yeah i mean so so fellow comedian uh buddies of mine that are also um you know big fans of punk rock and also play instruments um you know, when the pandemic first happened, you know, cause we all chop it up. We all chop up music all the time. And, you know, I, I came up with the idea. I said, I just ran it by one of my buddies. His name's Joel Jimenez. He plays drums. 
Uh, he's a comedian. And I just ran it by him. I said, hey, man, like, you know, this pandemic sucks. You know, we're all locked down. I was like, do you want to, like, do, like, a, you know, like, you know, do some covers and record them and, like, put them out or something like that? And he was like, he did. He immediately like text back. It was like, fuck yeah, right, let's fucking do it, you know. And I was like, I've never fronted a band, so you guys can't judge me. But I was like, he's like, he goes, who gives a fuck? He goes, just send me the songs. And so we spent like two weeks learning these songs, and then we went to a practice space because the practice spaces were still open. So we, yeah, two weeks learning some covers, you know, uh, Black Flag, Circle Jerks, Bad Brains, Minor Threat. Uh, misfits and I think we did uh, germs one too um, and on oh, bad religion and we get into the practice space and because none of it, I mean we learned the, all the songs on our own and so and we all learned them like lightly and quietly you know my, my, Joel learned it on like a uh, like an electric electronic drum set you know because he's in an apartment. And so we we do, I think the first song we did was Red Tape. I was like, let's shoot for Red Tape. And I was like, try it, you know, cause it's fast, it's fucking, let's see if we could get through Red Tape, you know, then we could probably pull off these other ones. Yeah. And we do Red Tape and it was fucking boom, just fucking locked. And I was like, oh shit. I was like, okay, cool. I was like, uh, bad religion, do what you want. You know, and then boom, I was like, fuck yeah. So we just really connected with it. And, you know, we just had so, so much fun with it. Um, and we recorded. So we we found like a, there's like a, a place where the, the studio where they shoot like a bunch of music videos. And we used that space and recorded a bunch of songs. They're, they're still in the editing process right now because there's just so much footage. But um, I, uh, you know, eventually Joel, the drummer, hit me up again and was like, hey, man, like, you know, would you want to do like three originals? We'll go in the studio, record three originals. And if it's good, we'll, if we like it, you know, we'll put it out there. If not, you know, we don't have to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we're going to work out something. And, you know, I've been chopping it up a lot and be I've become friends uh, with Toby Morris from H2O. Um I just did his podcast and he's like, you know, being such a, uh, you know, like influence on me and like, man, do it, do it, do it. You got, you got the, you got the skills, man. Like you already have it in you. I know you do. Like, I just like, you know, cause I've showed him like a couple of clips, like, you know, and he's like, dude, you got it. You got to You can start a band. You can come on tour with us. Like all this stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like tell me, wait, man, wait. And, it, and you know, we'll do a split. We'll do like, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll do a split. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, tell me, you know, let's calm down for a second. Uh, but no, so I don't know. You know, I didn't like doing the band stuff because it was like I got to rely on so many people. Um, but this one just seems like we're just strictly for fun. So if it does come out to be something that it, that it happens. But I mean, comedy is my number one thing, like doing stand up. I love touring and doing that. Uh, but if, you know, if something comes of a, of a punk rock band, then, you know, then something comes of it. Yeah. 
are you nervous to play live with uh like singing in a band versus doing stand-up like are, do you think it's like a different kind of nerves going into uh, it? uh the thing with uh singing i don't have to try to make people laugh <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that, that's the thing stand-up is fucking tough you know you i mean and that's the reason and i i love doing it because like that and that's why i, I felt so love it so in love with stand up because it is an individual thing you it's just you up there just you and a microphone and good luck <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> like you know like in, in in your in your work ethic so um like i like with stand up yeah i only had to rely on me so mm. yeah i love it is that the video you posted on instagram or you posted still from it where you're wearing like the complete disorder shirt oh yeah 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 that's yeah that's from that uh from that recording yep gotta do gotta do a disorder cover oh i know Lord, Lord. <laughs> i think the band that that band to me is is fascinating because their influence you know talk about a band that is is you know pretty obscure in the grand scheme of things but oh, like 100 yeah you know there's people in japan that without that band would have no sonic template for their band which sounds you know obviously different but like mm -hmm. it's, it's you know it they had influence on the other side of the world for them yeah oh dude they, they were big influences like yeah that japanese db mm -hmm. japanese crust yeah mm -hmm. that's yeah that sets and that's some good shit those motherfuckers can play <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's such a raging scene you know it's like uh, such a raging scene and they're just so appreciative of it yeah that's the thing that's cool about it they're just so appreciative of it are, like when you play shows, are you like, you know, obviously, you know, all things going back to normal. Are you like, would you be someone that wants to see people mosh like that? Because you say you're not trying to get people to laugh, but ultimately you're trying to get them to mosh. Yeah, I, I like just fucking get out there and move. And if I can't make you move, fucking, oh, I, I'll make I'll make you move. <laughs> I'll make you fucking move. Because <laughs> that's the thing of it, man. That's the, you want that feeling. Mm -hmm. you gotta you gotta love that feeling man. Mm -hmm. yeah no it's it's there's got to be a you know the the release that 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 kind of like i don't know like safe cathartic release that it can provide yeah mm -hmm. uh, uh -huh. when it's done right when it's done right yeah <laughs> not that i want to be a dickhead about it like fuck you guys i'm gonna walk off the stage but it just like it'd be nice if you guys can move <laughs> It happens. It happens. Those uh, those tantrum moments. I found like oh, a lot I see of it, man. I, I I mean, I remember when I was like first starting to go to shows, especially when the first band would come on, and I would see people, and like I'd be the guy that's moving. I'm like, I'd be literally by myself, just moving, you know, slam dancing, fucking the whole shebang, circle pitting by myself. I didn't give a damn, you know, because I was just like that. This is what we do, man, and. It's like, fucking, why don't you want to fucking move? You just want to sit and enjoy this fucking band? It's like, ugh. Yeah, and I think as a band, like, it takes you out of it when people aren't into it because, like, especially as a lead singer, you have to put so much character into what you're doing. Like, it's not a natural... So much life into it, man. Yeah, and it's not a natural expression. No. Yeah, it's like, hey, I'm working my ass off here. <laughs> it's, it's literally like being up on stage telling jokes and no one's and you got no laughs that's yeah. literally what it's like <laughs> and then they'll have the nerves to come up to you after the show and be like man you were pretty funny 
It's like, why didn't, well, why did you laugh? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> That's like people like that just stand there when you like you, you know, want want the mosh or whatever. Um, and, and they come up after me and like, damn, you guys are dope on stage. And it's like, motherfucker, I mean, you didn't move once. <laughs> yeah, you just stood there and watched and you just stood there and watched. No one clapped and and yeah, yeah. like I like it. the best when you get off stage. I'm sure that happens in comedy too. And it's it's like a, a bummer show, terrible reaction. And someone's like, Can't wait for you guys to come back. It's like, I don't know if we're yeah. coming back anytime soon. <laughs> you showed us no love. You said you can't wait for us to come back. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's funny. It's it's a it's amazing, like especially during the COVID era. Like one thing that hasn't stopped is pro wrestling. Like weirdly, like wrestling shows just just powered through you know like they Mm -hmm. they sometimes with audience sometimes without audience but it's amazing to watch without an audience how much a role audience plays in performance and like the same with comedy and the same with music like when you watch a live stream now without that reaction from the crowd it's so weird well think about uh with sports too like i mean when you when when you do a big ass dunk (laughs) fucking Think about it. We got it's got to be. It's got to like. It's got to like rip your soul apart. (laughs) Go up for this dope ass dunk, or score this touchdown. You know, or throw it. Yeah, throw like a hail mary, and fucking you catch it, and and there's just no reaction from anyone but the people on the sideline. Yeah, it, it, without, without that audience, it makes you realize how silly everything is that we watch. Oh, so silly! It's like, oh, this is what we do. We go yeah. crazy over over that. Damn, yeah, these guys are doing that, and we we're, we give them yeah. our money for this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, everyone, please go back to doing that eventually. Yeah, go back. <laughs> we want it back. So do you, I've kept you, Chappelle, for a, a long time. And would you come back at some point in the future and do a part two? Dude, I would fucking love to. But uh, before I'd I let you go, to, can man. I can I ask you a couple more questions? Yeah, go for it. Uh, I guess, like, where were you getting into all this British stuff from? Because is it through these bands coming through, like you say, GBH touring through? Or is it like, you know, like, where where was this music discovery coming for you? For the British, the British movement, well, not even just the British stuff, actually, like even bands like the Wipers, like where are you kind of like, was it a record store? Where are you finding out about this stuff at this point? He, man, you just dig like yeah. and I would. So if I like a band, OK, I look at everything around that band. Like I'm I, I, I'm learning more about this band than I'll learn anything that I've ever learned in school. <laughs> Like that's how I do it. Like mm-hmm. if the way if I took that same process, oh, I'd be a fucking scientist. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be a fucking scientist right now, but I'm not stand-up comedian. So I, you know, I'll take a band uh, like Black Flag. Okay, it's a nice one right here. Take Black Flag. I look at it. Okay, it's got Henry Rollins. Okay, oh Henry Rollins is the fourth singer. Oh, okay, who was that before that? Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Okay. And then, oh, there was another singer before that. Oh, okay. Oh, so Keith was the original singer. Okay. And then you go, oh, who's this guy? Robo. Robo drummed for the Misfits. Oh, okay. Let me go look at the Misfits. Now I'm looking at the Misfits. Now I find out, you know, about the Misfits, Glenn Danzig. Oh, go to Danzig. Damn, that's fucking cool. Um, then 
you know, you just, I, that's just how I, just that right there alone. Cause mm-hmm. everything, if you think about it, so many things, everything's pretty linked here. Here's a good one for it. The germs in Nirvana. You got Pat Smear who played guitar for the germs. Who eventually gets asked by Kurt Cobain because he's a germs fan to put to be the second guitarist in Nirvana. Right? Mm-hmm. And then Nirvana ends. And then you got um, Dave Grohl, who comes from a massive punk rock background, playing in Scream. And then he starts Foo Fighters. Okay. Um, Foo Fighters, he pulled uh, Chris Shiflett. Um, the current guitarist is from No Use for, for a Name. Mm-hmm. You got No Use for a Name, Nirvana, and you got Taylor Hawkins, who played in Atlantis Morris set, playing with a member of the Germs, Pat Smear. Everything is fucking linked. Some way. You're pulling from Atlantis Morris set, No Use for a Name, Nirvana, and the Germs. And then you got Foo Fighters. Yep. All right there. Yeah. Like that's how. And that's how crazy music is, you know? So like when people want to sit there and argue or not even argue, it's like, it's like when people argue over sports, right? Like say the Bengals are playing the Giants and people are, and then you see fans getting crazy talking shit to each other about the Bengals and the Giants. Meanwhile, these guys, most likely a lot of them are friends. So you're arguing, it doesn't it, like you know you, you you get where I'm going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like that's the that's the wild thing about a fan. It's like you can have an appreciation for this band called the Foo Fighters because you got a link of the Germs. If you're a Germs fan, you can have an appreciation because Pat Smear. If you're a fan of No Use for a Name, you can have an appreciation because you because uh, of Chris Shiflett. Um, uh, you can have if you're an Alanis Morissette, Alanis Morissette fan, you can have an appreciation because of Taylor Hawkins, Sunny Day Real Estate, Nate Mendel. You know what I mean? Like all of it is like a lot more linked than we actually think. You know? Yeah, no, I, that's what the exact same way I approach looking at music. Like I, I used to sit in school and just connect every Toronto band through shared members oh, or yeah. you know touring together. Like it just it's it's amazing how interconnected it all is and how everyone kind of like you know like uh you know bringing back to earlier when you're talking about like oasis you know here oasis comes out right after nirvana the buzzcocks were on that last nirvana tour and are basically kick off that manchester scene that ultimately produces oasis so here's this like direct link between the two (laughs) there you go (laughs) there you go there you go right fucking there when I start smoking weed, this game became a hell of a lot more fun. <laughs> right. I love it. It's it's like it's literally like a game to me. I love taking a deep dive into it. I love it. Yeah. No, it's it 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 like you're saying, and I think the sports analogy is correct because it's like, you know, we can argue about which band is better because like ultimately in the end of the day, it's 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 all in fun. It's all in fun. It's yeah. all in fun. Well, anytime you want to come back, Chappelle, and have more fun here, please know that you are always welcome. Yeah, you can you can hit me up directly too. Just message me or or shoot me a message on IG so I have your information and stuff or whatever. 
Awesome. Awesome. I just stopped the recording right now. One second. Okay, yeah. Just gonna stop. Chappelle, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me again. <laughs> well, no sooner had we hit stop on the record that you revealed to me that you have one of the most obscure band tattoos I've ever heard of in my life. And I that know, it, 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 it was just funny because, like, yeah, that it, that conversation didn't happen until after we finished. I know. I know. I'm like, we finished the conversation, and then you dropped this bombshell on me that you have a tattoo, which brought in this whole other conversation. Um, so I guess let's just roll into it. You have a Demon yeah. System 13 tattoo. Yep, and that is very obscure. <laughs> very obscure. An amazing band. Uh, but amazing. Yeah, not, you know, not quite the black flag bars in terms of tattoos that people have. So where did you first come across Demon System 13 or DS13? I came across DS13 uh through a buddy of mine who um he had that uh killed by kids uh album mm -hmm. right and he let me borrow it and i remember you know uh when he let me borrow it because yeah that, that was the thing for me like a lot of friends you know like i never had any money or anything like that mm -hmm. so a lot of my friends would just let me borrow uh their cds or whatever and a lot of times that I like I would steal uh tape cassette tapes right yeah. Yeah. and I would record the CD onto the cassette tape and so that's basically what I did uh with a lot of my friends albums and uh my friend specifically gave me that uh DIY killed by kids uh DS13 album and I remember I was just like oh this is different this is something different you know what I mean because yeah. You know, like I was like, like, like I was already into like Black Flag, Minor Threat, you know, all those 80s, you know, hardcore bands, you know, the, the list goes on. Mm -hmm. But when I heard DS13, I was like, man, this is, I love this pace and I love this energy. And it was like another level of energy uh, to punk that I hadn't heard yet, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. No, totally. And, and, um, you know, I right then and there, I needed to know everything about this band, you know. So this yeah. was I mean, I think I was only I was 15 years old when my friend gave me that album. And so, uh, you know, computers were barely popping. I think <laughs> I want to say this was it had to be 2001. or Yeah, it was like, yeah, 2001. And I remember I was I was at school. And I had got kicked out of a class because I was just bad. And so they put me in like, because uh, uh, so they wouldn't let, so I couldn't get back in that class and I couldn't get into another class. So I had to uh, do homeroom, which is like, I just sit in a in the library for an hour pretty much and just chill. So um, you're just like a, a man without a country at this point. Like you don't have any yeah, class to go to? Oh. No, I had no class to go to. So yeah. like, uh, it was my fault, whatever. But, uh, <laughs> uh that's what happens when you put punks in school. Just kidding. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> but uh, I remember going to the computer and typing in like DS13 and find, and it was like, I mean, the, the, the like people don't understand. And you know, honestly, even to this day, people, but like at that time, people don't understand how difficult it was, difficult it was to find a band like that and find out everything you wanted to find out about that band. It yeah. was not easy. 
You know, the internet, the internet, the internet was there, but it wasn't giving you everything you needed to, uh, to know, you know what yeah. I mean? It, yeah. it wasn't like, especially to find a band, find out about a band like DS 13. There was just no way. Yeah. yeah. Um, There's so, no Wikipedia entry at that point. No, there was, there was, there was nothing like people, like, you know, things were starting to have websites. Mm-hmm. So I find out about DS 13 and actually, this is how I found out about you, um, is um, when I searched them, this was like Ask Jeeves days, I want to say. I don't even think <laughs> Google was popping. Yeah. And it led me to Deranged Records. And the, home, the home label. The home label, yes. So it led me to Deranged Records. And that's where I found out about Epileptic Terror Attack as well. Which we both geek out of. I think that band Another. is so underrated. Yeah, like I. I oh think- my god! I listen. <laughs> listen. So, <laughs> when I heard Epileptic Terror Attack, and like I was able to download songs, mm-hmm. that was the thing too. I was able to download songs, and I, that's what I, I was. I spent my whole like this whole hour just doing that, listening to DS13 and you know, uh, epileptic terror attack. Like, there was just something about, and and the fact that they're both from the same town. So there was this this connection that I had with them, and I just, I just, like, freaking, you know, basically put all their music into my blood because it was, I just thought it was so unique because I didn't know anything outside of, like, like, I didn't know, like, much about Sweden. You know what I mean? I didn't. I was like, I was like, oh shit, there's a, there's a punk scene in Sweden. Yeah. What? Like you, you, I mean, you obviously like you, you know about everything else. Like you know, like with, with Canada, you know, like you know, there's everybody knows there's a lot of punk bands from from Canada, you know, like mm-hmm. and you know from Europe, obviously England, you know, all, all, all these areas. But like Sweden, I, I was like, oh, this is different. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And the sound that they had was like, oh, no, I, I don't know anyone else that was doing it like that, that that sound. I, I, there's a sound to them. And so the epileptic terror attack uh, record that, that made me fall in love with them was uh, uh, We Are the Attack. Is that the 7-inch or that the LP? What well, I'm trying to remember that's now. That's the 7-inch. That 7-inch is yellow one. awesome. Yes. Uh, it's got like, I'm a bore, lose my fucking mind. My favorite song off there, and it, 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 listen, man, we're geeking right now. So the song Why Try to Be Something off that album, which I think is like maybe the fourth track. I that so that song was is like my fucking anthem. And there, there's this solo that comes after the second verse or the second uh I'm trying to think. Yeah, it comes. Uh, yeah, it comes after the second, the 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 second chorus, second run through of the chorus, mm-hmm. and it was a solo that I was like, "Damn, they added that into this fucking thrash punk." Like I just thought it was so dope, and it, it's a very simple solo, but I was just like, "Oh, I'm in love. I'm in fucking yeah. love." Yeah, and so epileptic epileptic terrorist hack became that fucking band for me. You know, and then, you know, I remember 
we had this uh, record store back back home in Arizona called Eastside Records, mm-hmm. and they had fucking epileptic terror attack shirts, DS13 shirts. Those were the first shirts that like earlier shirts that I remember like buying. Yeah. I remember ditching school just to go to Eastside Records to catch the bus to Eastside Records just to get more stuff. <laughs> yeah. You know, dude, I was I was in it. I yeah. was in it, man. I like it. Ugh, gosh, I mean, I think about being <laughs> you're just bringing back so many memories right there with that. <laughs> It's such like an amazing time too, because like you're saying, the internet isn't what it is now where you can just find oh. out like everyone immediately. So it does require a little searching. And when, like, I remember when that DS 13, those first singles came out and then that first LP. Yeah. It, it's like it, everyone, it like turned hardcore on its ear. Like everyone was about that band. Like it was, they were, yeah. it, you know, like you're saying it brought in a new, you know, a new approach to it for people again. Yeah. A new approach that was just so different, but like you still felt the, you still felt the feeling that you would, would like you felt like when you would listen to like Black Flag, yeah, or, yeah. you know, or Fugazi, like you know what I mean. Like there's this, like it, it, it's different, different styles, but like that feeling is there. That mm-hmm. feeling was like just so, so deep, man. Like, and, and like I just wanted to skate to it. I mean, it, like it, like that. Those like those two bands specifically spoke a lot to me in, in, you know, my, my, uh, early years of like high school mm-hmm. or just all through, pretty much all through high school. Mm-hmm. Like it, they, they were the bands. And then I find out about Larm, you know, another great fucking band. I find out about Spaz, you know, which yeah. I was like, it, the, the whole power violence. I was like, damn, <laughs> this is dude. I, I listen, I'm obsessed with a fast, fucking song. <laughs> yeah. I'm obsessed with a song that's so fast and so quick that it's like, all right, there it is. That was it. That's all we, that's all you needed. <laughs> I'm obsessed with it. No, I know because I, I like hardcore of all varieties, but there's something about raging hardcore that just is like, yeah, it's like, that's like, I, I'm and in the nineties. It was just so much stuff that just, it was all got really slow and all got real kind of, just it just yeah. didn't have that and and it kind of came back in a big way and like you're talking about there's these bands that are just like when you hear it it's like that it's just too fast to be believed and it's just something about too fast yeah yes. and I, I love it i love it yeah like and then one of the newer bands and i can't believe i found out about this band and you you, you know that that thing where like you find out about a band and then they broke up Yes. <laughs> you're oh, like, yeah. oh god. You're like, why the fuck? You're just like, you're just so heartbroken immediately. <laughs> you know, because you, because like, I don't know if it's the same way for you, but like for me, when I find out a band about a band, I want, I like, I want to go back to their stuff and I want to grow with them. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. that's that's how I feel about that kind of stuff. It's like, oh, I want to grow with this band. You know, so uh, I um. You know, like I found out about this band, Coke Bust. Oh yeah, yeah, from DC, Baltimore, right? Yeah, Baltimore? yeah. And I, I don't, I just, I think I just went because I became new to Spotify, and uh, I typed in, uh, I think I just typed in Power Violence. Because I was like, let's see, <laughs> you know, stuff. yeah. I was like, let's see, you know, because sometimes these these records and th- these bands are not on there. No, exactly. And I would say 
power violence specifically like it's not like the no comment stuff's up there or in the neanderthal yeah. like a lot of that stuff's not there it's not there so like that's why i'm like okay let's let's see you know let's let's see let's see what we got okay and um oh, sorry i don't know why that made a noise but no. uh um yeah but i found out about them and i was like oh yeah that's that's that feeling that's that feeling i, I feel whenever i find out a band especially of that genre where it's like yep it's just it's fast to the fucking point right there it, it's so like you said so fast like yeah. the blast beat the blast beats are coming <laughs> yeah was was there much of a scene for that stuff in arizona at the time like like i'm you know i remember king of the monsters records being from there and then later mm -hmm. on uh destruction unit and you know mm -hmm. there's but like i'm trying to think of like raging kind of fast hardcore bands in the early 2000s from there you know not too many yeah there wasn't too many especially playing that style um mm -hmm. there, there was there i mean more so california california caught on to it mm -hmm. but like i'd say in my and you know like a lot of people got into like the crust where like in arizona like a lot of people went went crust uh and you know and it's a grindcore but never yeah never that that style you know what i mean like like oh yeah i mean yeah who else i mean yeah career suicide another band i had discovered too that was a big part of, like when i think of high school you know and i think about just being just so because yeah this is like post you know finding because junior high is when i discovered like you know the black flag gbh exploited all, all that early early you know punk mm -hmm. um and then high school was when you know i started getting into like all the other stuff it's funny also that that early 2000s period like that's like the rebirth of it like when you look back on it now you got like you know like you're saying california you got bands like knife fight you've got mm -hmm. all this stuff happening in boston you got you know cruise yeah. you got something yeah. sweet like it felt like that was the return of kind of like you know, like fast hardcore again. Like obviously the power violence before that in the nineties and things like that. Mm -hmm. But like that was like the return of like just like, oh, we're just gonna be a raging hardcore band, like not grind, not power violence. We're just gonna be a raging Yeah, raging hardcore band. And like it it was like all like and I connected with it so well because mm -hmm. like the like I got like the skateboarding energy from it. Mm -hmm. You know, like mm -hmm. that was that was the thing. Like I felt like I just felt like skating, you know, because I did skate. You know, and still, and still to this day, but like that—that that was what was cool about, you know, bands like ETA, Career Suicide, DS13, Tear It Up. Um, you know, like that—that that was like the the thing about those bands. It just made me want to like skate. You know, and I, and I was like, yeah, this is this is it. It wasn't like because like you know, obviously grindcore, crust, a little different. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's 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 just a little different. You know, what wasn't like, you know, I felt like I had to wear a certain style of pants to be uh, <laughs> <laughs> to be with those guys, you know, where whereas like, you know, I could just wear dicky shorts and some vans and, you know, get a fucking hat, flip the bill, <laughs> and write ETA <laughs> on it, and I'm good. <laughs> You're raging. 
I totally get it because it's funny like you know like you mentioned you know getting in a black flag and hearing and being like oh this is what I've been looking for you know and then it's kind of like that you get into this old hardcore stuff and it's like oh this is exactly what I want and then you're checking out new bands and it's like yeah well no one really does that anymore so you're not going to really find stuff like that and then all of a sudden bands started doing it like that again Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's yeah like that's like when I typed in coke bus coke coke bus didn't give me necessarily like a like a power violence feeling, but like kind of like just that, like, you know, in, in the sense like that ETA feel, you know, like mm-hmm. where it's just, it's just hardcore. Mm-hmm. And, and I, dude, I even loved, uh, who else? Uh, Bruce Banner. Yeah. Dude, they were fucking, they were, they, man, they came through the fucking wreck shit. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we I played love- with them a bunch, man. That was a band we toured. We like weirdly they played England a lot. Whenever we seemed to be in England, they were there. So we played with really? them like three times, I think. Well, and they just like you know the dual vocals. Yeah, you know, and it just like I don't know. It made so much sense, and their drummer was fucking insanely good. Mm-hmm. I remember the drummer just being just so like for 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 like that style of music just being so in the pocket <laughs> yeah well, and like and the guy pear who sang in that band like he's in protest yeah bank. Pear, yeah he's in with mob 47 dudes in protest bank like his roots go filthy christians he was in right so his roots go back to like the the first wave of the stuff in sweden too like that i like that band's you know kind of forgotten about like all these bands we're talking about yeah but yeah bruce yeah bruce matter is is yeah and that and like that uh, I've had it with humanity's uh, record. Mm-hmm. Great fucking record. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great fucking record, man. Yeah, it's amazing. And all then, this. Oh, sorry, go on. Go, no, no, go ahead. I was just, uh, it's also like, you know, uh, Amity Peterson's Army and mm-hmm. all that stuff that was coming out at that time. Like, some of that stuff, it, it like still holds up and it's just. Oh, dude. Yes. It's amazing how trendy punk and hardcore can be, though, that people just, like, move on and it's like, no, 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 what about all this stuff you've left behind? Oh, yeah, it's the most trendy. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, like, it's it's literally like the way people treat fashion. Like, yeah. it's in and then it's not, yeah. Dude, yeah. And, and even, uh, you know, Epileptic Terror Attacks, like, post, uh, you know, or, uh, you know, band that they eventually evolved into regulations. Yeah. Great, great, great stuff. Yeah, really cool. There was, like, that whole kind of like you know general multiple generations of these bands mm-hmm. that were just kind of like doing it and everyone was like dialed in perfectly like yeah like, like the sound everyone sounded like okay now we get it like this is what we want to do yeah and you know what man i, I you know i i you know i'm i'm so happy that i had the chance to see uh eta i saw them on the, their american tour back in 2001 when I shortly found out about them. And I think that's, I think after I saw them live, that's when I went brought uh, the No Faith album. Yep, that is it. Yep. I bought the, yeah, right after I saw them, I went and got No Faith. That's wild. So, that's, yeah, they were that's, like, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. No, no, I was just gonna say that's, I, I, I totally blanked that they did an American tour. Yep, they did an American tour. And I wanna say that was uh, 2001, you mm-hmm. know. And because I had been listening, yeah, because I had been listening to them, I found out when they were touring or whatever. And I was like, oh my God, they're here next month. It was something, it was something like so quick. Yeah. It was something like super quick to where I found out that they were, and I was like, oh, fuck it. I think the show was like 
five dollars or something like that. I can't remember. But I was like, yeah, I'm there. And I remember it just being brutal. It just it was just absolutely brutal. But like DS13 is the band that like uh that I I you know to this day still wish I could see. Yeah, I never got to see them. I got to see the regulations and I never got to see ETA. Because, like, you know, in Canada, like, a lot of these bands just didn't come through. Like, it'd be much more, makes a lot more sense to go to the U.S. and not worry about the Canadian border, I guess. Um, oh, got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, like, you know, there's just, uh, yeah, I really wish I had seen them. You know, like, and it's funny because we got over to Sweden and we were only there, it felt like a few short years afterwards, but people were talking about it like it was ancient history. Yeah. Like, that was a long time ago. But I'm like, what? I know, yeah. It, it's, it's so funny. But also, man, I'm telling you, like, it just... I just, I just fucking, I don't know. That music is like, I don't, I don't know. I just, I, like, it just matched every, like, the way I felt, what I was feeling. It just, it, it was just, I don't know. I just loved it. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I just fucking loved it. It was just that fucking good to me. That fucking good. Yeah, it's, it's like you know, you think of like hardcore. Obviously, every, every city's got its own claim to it, but like that kind of like early 80s idealized version of california hardcore where stuff is fast and stuff is raging but there's still like that kind of melodic sense to it that it's still uh-huh. got songs it's not grind it's like there's still a pop structure somewhere buried within within it like like the old hardcore bands had uh-huh. uh-huh i just something about that sound like when you're at a show like that it's just that clicks like that's that's the type of live experience that i'm looking for when i see a band like just you know like just like fun you know brutality hecticness yeah it's well it's just like it's just like um i guess the 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 amount of aggression that that music has Mm -hmm. and then the amount of aggression that you know obviously all of us punks have Mm -hmm. and then when when the band that that aggressive band and that aggressive audience meets it's like we let it all out right there and then all of a sudden it's it's done. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's like, it's like, oh good. I got that out. I got that out for the it's like it, it, like it, it's literally like like a pill. Yeah. yeah. It's like it's like, but like we're yeah, we're addicted to this pill, you know, that that of, of going to the shows or, or playing the shows. And we all feel this feeling. And that's why I think there's just something special about punk, you know, like if you're there, you're really there to, to really uh, feel that feeling mm-hmm. that you like, you know, cause we all feel it outside of the shows, you know what I mean? And then, but when you get to the show, it's, it's just a different world, man. Yeah, no, you're right. Like it, it encourages you to participate right when you walk in the door, like you see people you feel it. You feel it. Yeah. There's so, so few places anywhere where it's like, where you're, you're like, you, get, you can't go to an art gallery and just start screaming at the paintings or, or yell at a movie or start, start running around in circles at a movie, you know, like it's just, yeah. there's so few art that allows you to engage with it in the way that punk allows you to engage with it. Yep. Yep. That's exactly. Yeah. The, the, the engagement, mm-hmm. the engagement is what makes it so, so special. And like, like, 
I've been to a bunch of like metal shows. I've seen a bunch of like big metal bands and like, yeah, there, there's, there's a feeling there, but, but man, like the difference in, in the sense of when I saw circle jerks in comparison to seeing, you know, slipknot or something is a completely different feeling. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like there's a, I felt like I could connect more with circle jerks right there with that experience. Yeah. I totally get that. I totally get yeah, that. If that, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, I know. Like I it's know. like, it's yeah. right there. It's, it's in my fucking face. Like, yeah. uh, uh, like in there, right in there, right there with me. Yeah. No, I've been, you know I, and I mean? I've, I've been to Slipknot shows, uh, you know, and we were on a tour one time in, in, in England and I saw them play and it was, it was crazy. It was one of the most violent shows I ever saw. Exactly. But, yes. But it was like you're saying, it was like almost like the 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 violence was happening in front of the show, whereas at the circle jerks, the chaos is happening as part of the show. And part it, of the show. Yes. yes. There you go. Yeah, no, yep. I definitely get what you're saying on that hundred percent. And like it's and no, not to you know, I I obviously metal's amazing and metal has its place, but there's nothing like punk in that way. Uh-huh. There's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. Yeah. Are, so is your band, are you going to do, when you do, because you, you're now, you know, doing music and stuff, does this mean you're going to do, like, some sort of, like, Swedish-style, early 2000s, like... Uh, Man, rational? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> listen. I, listen. I, and and I, I'm not saying I'm old, but I'm 34 years old. <laughs> and to start a band that aggressive would not be the smartest move. <laughs> I, I think you're selling yourself short. Like, this is where you, you know, I'm way more angry than I was at 20 now. And then I'm uh, <laughs> I mean, who knows? Maybe, you know, maybe something. If, if, if the band can keep up with it, then, yeah, it might be different. But, you know, it, we'll see. We're, 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 we're still on discovery mode. Well, I happen to know a certain member of Career Suicide, so I can make some calls. And oh shit, want. you know, well, like fucked up in Career Suicide, we uh, that's like our our our, our shitty little brother band. Oh hell yeah! I'm just kidding. That's I'm actually, just kidding. I was like, well, I mean, <laughs> if you want to put it that way, <laughs> I will definitely. I will, yeah, no, Jonah, uh, our drummer is their guitar player, and uh, okay, and yes, there's a uh, a shared lineage with that band that's uh, very good. But I could, I could, you know. If you want to start a career suicide style band, I can call the dudes in career suicide and make it happen because I don't think 34 is too late. I think you got to bring back the thrash revival now. Like start it, start it again. 2021, we're going yeah. back to the year 2000. Hey. I know. Let's see. Let's see if I can find it. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta dig deep. Were you into uh, tear it up at all? Yeah, I love Tear It Up. I got to Tear It Up because of that split they did with uh, Epileptic Terror Attack. A great band. There's just so many bands. Yeah, great like, band. You know, well, great, great band. And it was it was dope. Like when the bands used to do those splits, though. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Except with a split, there's always one side of it that you wind up never listening to. Oh yeah, you're just like, oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, this is great, but I wish this band just did a whole record. As opposed yeah. to just having like half a side with this band. Uh, uh, well, yeah. Chappelle, anytime you want to come back and nerd out about this or any other type of punk rock, please yeah. know I'd love to have you. Of course. Of course. Dude, Damien, thank you so much, dude. Thank you, Chappelle, for coming on the show. And you heard right there. 
Chappelle will be back for a part two. I, I kind of got to get them together with David Up from Tear It Up. Maybe we got to do some sort of super show type thing and, and do an all early 2000s punk hardcore thrash breakdown. You know, that'd be a fun thing. Anyway, I'm just brainstorming out loud. That That's to come in the future. Speaking of things to come in the future, coming up later on this week on this show, not only is he the bass player of one of the greatest punk bands ever, he's also the former vocalist of one of the greatest Canadian hardcore bands ever. Next week on the show, Todd Kowalski of Propagandi of I Spy the Gods. I Spy. Not, not saying they're better than Propagandi, but oh my God, I fucking love I Spy. And we get into it. We get super in I Spy on this episode. And also a brilliant painter, like one of my favorite artists as well. So triple threat. Triple threat next episode with Todd. Ooh, I'm excited for this. I just keep keep hitting strength to strength. So, you know, thanks to Tristan for booking this thing. Well, that's it for this episode. Remember, as always, black lives matter. The lives of indigenous people matter. We need to protect trans kids and we need to help trans people protect themselves. Go out right now, get informed, read about what's happening in the world, read about various petitions, causes, sign what you can, donate money if you can, show up if you can, if it's if it's safe to show up, show up. Because, you know, we need to, we need to confront hate. We need to stop people from hating people. This isn't, these aren't political issues. These really come down to just issues of, of human life, you know, just letting people live as happily and as freely as possible. And that's what this comes down to. And so also, as always, fuck Nazis, smash fascism. That's, that's, you know, that's the jump off point for this thing. Uh, wear a mask, please wear a mask, stay safe. Wash your hands, uh, you know, look out for each other, make something creative, do something creative, build your own scene, build your own world. You know, you don't have to share with anyone either, but doing creative stuff really makes you feel better. I've been drawing a lot more and my gosh, it, it always makes you feel good to kind of sit down there and it's very meditative, you know, speaking of which try meditating, <laughs> never thought I'd say that to anyone, but I've tried it and it, my God. Those hippies and their magic. This shit works. I know people have been doing this for thousands of years and it's not some hippie bullshit. I know, I know. Uh, but anyway, I've just tapped into it and uh, I'm not an expert on it. I don't, I'm just using some bullshit app. You can find stuff on the internet to teach you how to do it, but oh, it feels good. It really does help. So try it out. You never know. Maybe it'll work for you. And uh, sign your organ donor cards because by the time they come looking for those organs, they're literally dead weight. At that point, you know, you're just making more work for the person that's got to deal with your body. Just donate those organs and then they don't have to, they don't have to deal with them. It's getting real gross. Let's just stop. <laughs> thank you everyone for listening. Thanks to Chappelle Lacey. Thank you to Tristan. Thank you to Vance. Thank you to you. I love you. Stay safe. Bye. <laughs>